And welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys here joining in as we dive into the world of expanding consciousness. I am a medium, a channeler, and this podcast is an outlet for me to share messages from the Ascended Masters to light beings to archangels and more. And especially, I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everybody to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I am very much looking forward to sharing the topic that we're talking about today. I have a special guest, Shannon Takis, who is here with me today. And not only is she our resident astrologer at Avalon Spirit, but she is also a grief and death doula. And being a medium, I talk a lot about death and dying, and I deal a lot with death and dying because that's you know that whole transition piece and um there's so much to be said about it and we speak so often about it on the spiritual sense and the soul that crossed over and stepping into the light and you know these reunions with souls and we talk a lot about that but it's also so so important to talk about the human experience no matter how spiritual you are there is a loss that happens there is a loss of that physical person that you could touch, you could snuggle, you could pick up the phone and call them and hear their voice. There is a loss. And so we need to talk about why there is value of leaning into grief and loss and not just simply grief and loss from um, death and dying, but also just losses of different things, identities and so on, which we'll talk about. All to say, I'm very excited to talk about this as I think it pertains to everybody because we cannot escape grief and loss, and death, and dying. So, all to say, Shannon, so happy to have you here today. Thanks for having me. As always, I love I love our chit-chats, and I yeah. love this topic especially, so it's fun. Yeah. So, first big question, why should we lean into grief and loss? Like, yes, we're all going to face it at some point, but why, why lean into it? Why not avoid it like the plague, like many people want to do, because it's deep feels, like... Yeah, it's hard. Um, well, we we typically avoid hard things, right? We're kind of hardwired for that as humans, I think. I think I, it's fair to say that's a general statement, but I think that's fair to say. Um, and I think it's been my experience anyway, or I'm a cheerleader for humanity. So I'm always working on myself, personal growth, and trying to become the best version of myself. And I think the reason to lean into grief and loss is because on the other side of it is the opportunity to live our most whole self. Because what comes from grief and loss and specifically death of our physical beings, not just an intangible loss, like the loss of a job or something, but um, are gifts that you can't even imagine until you go through that, that fire. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's, it's, I get excited about helping people or supporting people through their losses because on the other side of it is a richer version of yourself, the more whole version of yourself or, or trying to attain it, the best, you know, the best version of yourself, warts and all, you know, and we don't get through life unscathed. I mean, we are literally born to lose. Like mm-hmm. we are born 
to lose at, at, at every stage. As soon as we're born, we're losing something. We're losing breastfeeding. We're losing connection, physical connection. If we're put in a crib to sleep, like, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. So the learning how to live with loss, I think is just the healthiest thing we could actually do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful statement. Mm. Yeah. So, so what would you say would be like a real step one for somebody who's confronted and often abruptly with grief? Slow down. Yeah. Like the loss of a human. Are you? Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. Um, slow down. Slow the whole thing down. Our culture, our death culture is a uh, person dies. We have to make all these decisions. I mean, it's insane, actually, what is asked of us in the moments of our death, our physical death people. Um, and within a week, usually we have a service and uh, or a celebration of life is is the latest thing. And it's all done within a week. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't even think we've come out of shock within a week. I'm, I'm almost certain of it. Mm-hmm. So I would say slow everything down, pause, and take time. And you can, you are in charge of the storyline. You get to tell people what you want to do with your person. You, you, you can even bring them home. I know that's, that's, you know, a bit out there for a lot of people, but there's that opportunity to be with your person for longer than what's actually offered to us. Usually there's just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. Slow it down. You don't have to make any decisions you're in charge of the storyline. You don't need a burial quickly. You don't need a cremation quickly. You don't need anything quickly. You need to just pause and let let your brain and your heart catch up to what's going on for you and all of the people that are affected by the death Mm -hmm. and to come together and to do it together in community. Yeah. Absolutely. The number one thing I always um, share with families is you don't have to make a decision right now. You don't have to write the obituary till like whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just insane what we're asking people to do. Forget about getting back to work. Don't even get me started about that. But yeah, yeah slow it, slow it down. Question um, that piques my interest. So if you're saying you can bring somebody home, like I do know of somebody who uh, they asked if they could be the one to bring the body to the morgue to then, I think it was to be cremated and so on. And it was no problem, but they didn't know to ask. And so when you can bring them home, like you could just bring them home and yeah, you, you, lay them on the couch. Yeah. To be yeah. Well, I mean, like in a bed with ice, I mean, like okay. there's, there's, there's things that you need probably support with mm-hmm. your average person a doesn't even know that you could do that b yeah. doesn't even know that you could have the death at home and keep the body there for a few days decomposition doesn't start if you're on ice and everything is if you have support of let's say a death doula or just a friend that knows is in the medical system that knows how to work with a dead body that type of thing mm-hmm. so someone to guide the family but um, this used to be innate in us. We used to know how to do this until we started embalming bodies. So in fact, it's actually very natural to want to be with your person. Um, and we don't know that we can ask for that. Um, so I I would I always support people in saying, what do you need? You know what you need. And it's then the courage to ask for what you need. It doesn't matter what it sounds like to anybody else. You know what you need ask for what you need that will help your grief 1000%. Mm-hmm. So like, really trust it. 
Yeah, to trust what you need. And that's honestly, whenever I'm supporting someone, a client or like a friend or anybody in these storylines, it's literally giving them the courage to ask for what they need and to support them. And you're not crazy. It's what you need. You obviously need it because you're saying it. Go request it. Yeah. But we we built our society up. And, and no offense to funeral homes, like lots, like amazing things are happening there. But we have built up a society where we hand over our power and our person mm-hmm. to an industry. We, we are not enabling them to stay at home where they belong, where we should be with them in their home. You know, mm-hmm. even if we have the celebration with them, like have a bit of a wake, a bit of a party, a bit of a, you know, with them in the room. And I think what happens is you naturally start disconnecting your, your brain and your heart starts catching up to what's going on. The longer you give yourself the time with the person, let's say, Mm -hmm. and there is a natural disconnection that happens. Like people become ready to let go of the body. It's a natural occurrence, but we don't, we don't do it in our culture. We're not doing it very well. We're doing it better than say five years ago. Um, and maybe since the pandemic, we're doing it a little bit better too. But yeah, there's just, it's just slow it down. You get to ask for what you need and have the courage to ask for it. And if yeah. you don't get it, find somebody else to work with, literally. Right. Yeah. You can, you, know, you, can, you can call around, you can, yeah. you, can, you can shop for help. Like you don't yeah. just have to go with the person that you got the card from at the hospital or what, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's so neat how you said, like, take the time to with their body. Mm-hmm. Um, because two points on that. So first of all, I know that that's also really beneficial for animals too, for animals to see that their owner, their person is no longer inhabiting the body. They will understand it. They'll figure it out. They can sense it energetically. They understand it in their own way. It gives them time to process too, instead of you hear those stories where they're always waiting for the person to come home you know, yeah. for years and years. So yeah. animals having the opportunity to see their person. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So yeah. Bad. And then the other thing is um, some of my guides were saying that there, not only is it such a special, sacred, whatever word you want to use time to spend time with the body for a while, the person, right? They're still the person to you, even though, you know, their soul, they're not animated, but they're saying too that it's also actually very beneficial for the soul. So what they explained to me really quickly while you were talking is that yes, on average, I'm going to use a very general sense of death here, but you know, the person, their body dies, they release from their body, they see the light and they cross over, right? Super general. Yeah. But that can all happen in that amount of time. And then that soul is able to also spend time in the room with you watching how you're interacting with their body, the stories that are being shared, the, the thoughts, the, the musings of the mind and all of that. And it's also very healing for the person too. It can be not that it has to happen that way either, right? Some situations don't allow it, but Mm -hmm. they're saying it's also really beneficial from the soul perspective to wrap up and like culminate that lifetime which does also happen a lot they're saying in memorials and funeral services and you know like at the funeral the soul is often there but that moment those those hours or days that you're talking about right now are also very valuable to the spirit so beautiful i see i don't know that because i don't have your spirit. <laughs> so thanks for sharing it from that side that's beautiful yeah, yeah. i could yeah. I, I i agree yeah it has mm-hmm. to be right 
right? Like, and in those moments, in those beginning moments, whether it's hours or days or what have you, um, we are at our most vulnerable. We are at our most loving. And so to be with others um, in sharing of those stories together with the soul, with the physical body and the soul of the person and in communion with your people, your family, your friends, the loved ones of this person it just doesn't get more beautiful. You know, when you asked me earlier, why should we lean into that? It's like, I had this recognition once I, I had the honor of um, being at a girlfriend's home births um, for two of her three children. I was out of town for the third one. So, <laughs> but um, it dawned on me when I was driving home at like some obscene hour in the morning when we were like, okay, job's done. You go home. Cause I was on the, like the support team or what have you. And it dawned on me that um, it's the same feeling when your person dies, you literally want the world to stop turning. You just, you you can't believe that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you see life going on all around you. I remember I, I was driving by a 7-Eleven and I just saw people going in and out of a 7-Eleven getting, like going to work early morning shifts or whatever. And I just remember thinking after this beautiful child was born, how did the world not stop turning? Like mm-hmm. this miracle thing happened, just like death. And it was in that moment that I realized that the same love that we experience at birth, if you have ever experienced that, I don't have kids of my own so that was an external source of that love but is present at death it's the same miracle Mm -hmm. it's the same wish for the world to stop turning because something miraculous just happened we 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 birthed our person and we lost our person and to me it's it's the same like I just have goosebumps just saying it it's the same love and so why, why lean away? No, lean in. There's all that love that's available to you. And in those moments of those love-filled rooms, the magic happens. The, 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 the stories unfold and you're richer for it. I'm yeah. certain you're richer for it. Yeah. Okay, question now I'm pondering too. So we're kind of looking at the idea of, say, somebody passing of a, say a known illness or at home or something. What about in the case, I'm curious if you have experience with this, in the case of like a sudden death car accident where organ donation is kind of on the table, um, what is the pace somebody needs to move through that? Like how does some, what are your recommendations for that? Is there still the time to slow down and ponder? Is there still... Um, this is a this is a this is a big question, and it won't be wrapped up very very succinctly by me. But okay. organ donorship is a is a huge topic on its own. I mean, all of the um, everything has to line up so it, uh, perfectly that it's that's oftentimes what makes organ donorship so hard because you know the person has to get to the hospital. You know, like so many dominoes have to fall into place for the offering of that. And that's not to say it doesn't work and it doesn't happen. It's just, um, I think we have a glorified version of organ donorship. If we have the sticker on our license, we're good to go. Uh, It's very much more complicated than that. And I'm probably not the best person to talk about that, but someone within the medical system could actually explain it, explain the level of um, complexity to that question. It, it is, yeah. I mean, if the dominoes line up, great. Um, and if it, it's funny, I had this conversation with a young person whose um, very good family friend lost their father uh, not too long ago. And we had this exact conversation and I was explaining the complexity of this organ donorship. And um, 
And we have a glorified version of it from movies and such, we right? Absolutely. Stick around the license. And, you know, so it was brought to my attention through this conversation that this is a really good reason why to lean into death before you die. Hopefully that would be great to say, I am really adamant that every part of my body be used if it could be used so that there can be no questions at the time of death. So the, the, the family doesn't have to think, what should we do? You know, and mm. it just causes more pain and suffering. Like he wanted that, but we couldn't do it or we couldn't do it. And he understood, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. You know what I mean? So um, it, it ushers in the conversation of, hey, let's lean into death before we die mm -hmm. to help our family who's going to be left behind, never to have to guess what our wishes were. And if we just talk about that more openly, more readily, then we can understand it's okay if my all of my being didn't get to get to organ donorship. Um, but the, even the knowing is is just a fabulous place if you can if you mm -hmm. can be there within your family so that everybody never, you know, nobody has to yeah. guess. That's, you know, and I find my husband and I every couple of years end up having a conversation about death and like, what do you want? Where do you want to be? What do you, and like it for us anyway, I'm not saying this is for everybody, but it like morphs and changes yeah. and stuff like kind of what our ideas are. And so then I started bringing my kids into that conversation because they're old enough now. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, the most interesting thing, and I know this is a sidebar, but my son was like, yeah, I could donate my organs. That's fine. But then like, you know, just do something kind of normal with my body, like nothing weird and crazy. Whereas my daughter's like, donate my body to science. And I was like, what? I was totally stunned. And she was like, sure, why not? Why not make a science experiment out of my body? Amazing. <laughs> like, Amazing. I would have never thought that. But you know, if that's how you're feeling, then okay. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, that's easy for me to say right now. She's healthy. She's at school. She's fine. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to make light of it, but yeah. what I am trying to encourage is those conversations because I know every time after we have one of those conversations and they come up on their own usually, yeah. um, and we're not faced with needing to have those conversations right now. So yeah. I actually feel like a deeper sense of peace in my heart of like, okay, I know what that person would want. And like, oh, I know what this person would want. If yeah. that ever arises, I don't have to question. No. Yeah. And I think that's the the the, the best point is you don't have to question it would be beautiful if we never had to question what would they want mm -hmm. you know? but we're so oftentimes faced with what would they want because we're too afraid to have the conversations when everybody's alive because we don't lean into this topic of death and dying and grief and loss we just mm -hmm. get away from it at all cost typically yeah. speaking except yeah. when you're in the crowd <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's true yeah yeah true um okay so what are some of the most beneficial things we gain by leaning into it like what healing healing through loss like how would you say that is I don't yeah. even have a word to describe it I know it's such a hard topic uh what was the question like again kind of why leaning in yeah like how how does really leaning in and healing through loss help us become so much better than before, right? Like the point is to lean in to then be higher or better or stronger than we were even before the loss happened. Yeah. And let me just take it to a more collective answer there too, because if we can come into the best version of what we were put on the planet to become, right? Like self-actualization or whatever fancy word you want to throw at it. Here's the thing. And Marianne Williamson wrote a book, Tears to Triumph, and it's got so many gorgeous quotes in it. But one of them is, 
Um, uh, suffering gives us x-ray vision into other people's suffering. Okay. So number one, if we don't look at our own pain and our own, our own struggles within those topics that, that bring us to our knees, we will never be able to look out and support another. So it's not just about ourselves and go live your best life. No, it's about, Hey, why don't you become the wholest version of yourself warts and all and then you will have capacity to help another because it is a human experience, right? We're on this planet together. It's a community endeavor. At least I'm a raging Aquarian. I see it that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe not everybody's wired that way, but I'm wired that way. So I'm working on myself so that I can bump over here and have capacity for another who's in a world of pain and on their knees. And when I haven't looked at my own pain, when I've been on my knees and I've just avoided, drank too much, did all, you know, whatever, any numbing agent, pick your poison, then I can't possibly be there for another. And what's the point of being on the planet if you can't be there for another? That is the point, I Mm -hmm. think. So I love that quote. By looking at my own pain, I can then witness it in another when I'm walking down the street or when one of my people in my tight circle is in it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And um, yeah, so on a collective level, that's that's how I feel. Like, yes, come to your wholest wholest version of yourself, but... For me, it's always so that I can be there for another, so that I can support another. And I think that's why. It's it's not even about ourselves personally. It's like, how can you empathize with another when you haven't even gifted yourself the same level of compassion? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that creates more unity then too, right? Like, because we... Yes. There's often this sense of isolating, but when you lean into yours, can hold compassion for another, and then they can lean into you and therefore lean into theirs, then they become that link in the chain, and then it becomes that like unity. Yeah. And you know, I I I I've been crunching website content for honestly far too long. And what it what it just keeps coming down to, if I crunch it down and I crunch it down and I crunch it down, I know my website isn't updated. But anyways, what I got to is what was my what is my why am I so passionate about this topic? What and I know like we teach a thing we need to learn, and I suffered from death. My brother died, you know, like kind of like what you said, a sudden car accident, no goodbyes. I was desperate to see his body, and at one point I wasn't sure if I was going to because the funeral home had him and it was up to his discretion if he was viewable or not because his body was destroyed I guess mm-hmm. and I'm like you give me at least a thumb like I don't need to see the whole body but I need to see something right so so back to that talking point and why am I so passionate about this topic is okay we teach the things we need to learn I don't love death <laughs> I didn't love that experience as a 24 year old but it is exactly what you say Jeanette because if we are on the planet together as a community which we are, believe it or not, um, by doing this work, I think it, it is it is my strong belief that it strengthens our connection rather than creating more separation. We are not put on this planet to be separate and isolated. Mm-hmm. And what grief does, because we're afraid to look at it, what loss, just call it loss in general, we, we, we lean away from it. And one of the biggest most beautiful things you can do is lean into it because it actually creates connection. You know, when I go to the grocery store after my friend died and I was so vulnerable and I had to go buy groceries and I knew I wasn't going to get in and out of there without crying. I just knew it because something was going to trigger me. 
So I say to the grocery store clerk, uh, can you bag my groceries quick? I'm like grieving right now. And I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it in the next 45 seconds of getting out of here. I honestly, Jeanette, I can't tell you how many times I've done that outwardly in public to warn people, here's the state of me. And I'm received always like this. Okay. Mm, problem. Beautiful. Like, like, and so when we dare to lean in or to just express ourselves, like I'm really hurting today. I need you to bag those groceries quick. I don't, I don't want to chit chat. I'm, I'm like literally holding it together by, by this, by a string. And I, I, every time I've been met with, I, I'm not going to say it categorically, but I'm just saying my experience is that I've been met with love and compassion every time I've dared to share my, my absolute like wounding, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're on your knees, but you have to go to the grocery store and get, get milk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I just think yeah. we are wired for connection and grief and feeling bad, like just call it feeling bad day. I've been talking to a girlfriend of mine lately and we notice within ourselves, it's like, we don't reach out to our people. We're like, we're too embarrassed or we're too like, uh, bored of the storyline of like another bad day over here. Mm -hmm. I'm sure nobody wants to hear about it. And so we tend to isolate even me. I know better. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm not reaching out today. I've got nothing great or fun or exciting to share with anybody. So my passion in this work and, and and encouraging others and supporting others through these really challenging times in life is to maintain human connection with others because love and connection, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but we are wired for love, we are wired for connection, and we are not wired for isolation. And I think the pandemic taught us that. I'll just leave mm-hmm. it there, right? So that's, it's all about remaining in connection. And when we share our pain, we are met with others. There's no, there's no unique pain body out there that somebody hasn't felt. So if you share it, you will be matched. You will be met with people that offer you compassion and empathy and help you. Mm-hmm. You were not supposed to do this alone. It's way too hard. Yeah. Way too hard. Yes. So you if know, we don't open our mouth and say, I need help, I'm not coping today. Do you have time to listen to me? Do you have time for a walk? Could you make me a cup of tea? I I, I just am really encouraging people to do that because mm-hmm. you will be gobsmacked at who meets you there. And so mm-hmm. absolutely. And sometimes it's not your friends. That's a hard pill to swallow too. Sometimes it's not your friends. Sometimes it's others that can see your grief because they dare to look at their own and they mm-hmm. can match you. And they're like, come on over, over here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too, is you can teach others about grief by being more real with your own grief. And I say this because I have a friend who's had significant loss Mm -hmm. and recently again, lost somebody else really close to them. And the consciousness that they have in their grieving process is teaching me so much about grief and having watched them move through grief and seeing what they've learned as they've been in the depths of despair to the conscious knowledge of it, all of that, but seeing how upfront they are of like, today is a really tough day and I'm in my feels and I'm like being so real about it. Even me observing Mm -hmm. them is teaching me so much about it. And so I find it really fascinating. Like not only us leaning into our own grief helps us heal, but others around you, like if you're grieving and you're deleting in, people are learning from you for mm-hmm. sure. We're we're modeling, right? And, yeah. and and that's that's pretty much like 
everything I do, I support people. Again, ask for what you need, trust what you need, have the courage to ask for it. I swear that's all mm-hmm. I do. I'm just mm-hmm. a, right. a broken record. And so, and then I'm I'm saying, and you be mindful, be not you be mindful, but know that by you having the courage to do the hard thing, ask for what you need and have the courage to speak up for it. You are teaching others. You too can ask for what you mm-hmm. need and speak up for it. Whether it's more sick days, I can't come to work. Um, you know, whatever the storyline is, because you absolutely, you're modeling how to do a better version of it. I, mm-hmm. I just love that you brought that up because mm-hmm. again, back to community, by you daring to do the hard thing, requesting more time off work, or just, it was just my dog. I don't know how many times I've heard that. It was just a pet mm-hmm. and they're, they're leveled and, and, and no one in society, generally speaking, workforce, they're not taking a pet death as, as, as a serious thing as like a parent loss or a child loss, you know? And so again, I have to coach people to say, what do you need? Have the courage to ask for it, Mm -hmm. you know? And yes, by doing that, yeah, you're, 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 you're teaching whether you know it or not, because you're giving other people the courage to do the same thing. And everybody's time is coming. (laughs) Yeah. No getting around this. Like you're going to need, you can't escape it. No. Yeah. So another thing I want to touch on too, is how, um, by leaning into our grief, this is something that I come across often in my work is people that feel like they're not getting communication from their loved one that passed. Mm. And oftentimes again, general here, but oftentimes it's common to see or hear from the spirit saying this person is so deep in their grief avoidance or just stuck in the first part that they're not seeing, hearing, or feeling the communications that the spirit is trying to bring. Yeah. And so leaning into the grief actually opens the door mm-hmm. to seeing those signs and things from their loved ones. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I believe it to be true. And yeah, I believe that to be true. And I'm just thinking about people who I've supported in in, in those moments where you know, they're desperate for the thing, you know, and, and I, and I think, what have I said? That's maybe shifted their perception. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a reframe. I don't know how to say it. Uh, if you even gave me an example, I could, I could talk through it, but to me, it's just a reframe. Like somebody I was, co- I was supporting somebody through, um, a really challenging time of their, their person. And there was a lot of anger, um, going into the funeral day. And she's like, I don't, I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't have this anger and I don't know what to do with it. And, you know, it's like the worst feeling to go into the funeral with, and I have to speak and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we just walk through like, what's factual here? What's factual, you know? And none of the things that she was angry about were factual, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. so then the, you know, I'm not saying it's easy to reframe. I'm not saying, but she she got some pretty quick relief in, Hey, let's just peel this thing back and let's just talk about what's factual here. Oh, okay. So none of that's factual. So that's stories you're making in your head, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, I didn't say it like that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. So none of that's factual. So, so did your person do this? Like love, support you, nurture you, like all the factual things. Yes. 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 Oh, okay. There it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. And um, 
And, but when we're in the thick of it, when we're in those like on your knee moments, you know, it's really hard to, to reframe it yourself. I think you really yeah. need the support of, of family or a friend or someone that's a little bit removed that can be like, okay, like not so tightly wound into the emotionality of the storyline. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's, if I, if I'm blessed enough to get in the room with people that are on their knees, then I feel like that is a really big skill set of mine is to sit with somebody in a lot of pain and not take it on and help them walk through it a little bit from a, a less emotional place. Mm-hmm. And not saying it's always that easy, like it's not always that easy at all, but I'm removed from it. So I, I can just see it. I can unlayer it more quickly than when you're in the middle of it and you're on your knees for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not to toot my own horn, but I'm just saying like, no, and you should though, right? Like you have this beautiful knowledge of how to hold space for people. And I think it's valuable for people to hear what that can look like. Yeah. Like what you actually do in those situations. And because there is often that shock value of a death and then goes direct to avoidance or Mm -hmm. anger because those can protect us from the deep feels. Yeah. Right. But the deep feels is where we get the healing. So to have somebody help peel those layers away to actually get to the root of things to notice, like, you know, what is your own narrative? What is the truth? What it, you know, whatever, however you break it down. I think that's valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really valuable. Um, yeah, boy, I, yeah, I know of, uh, many people have spoken how, when grief shows up so when there is a death and a loss and grief shows up and they try to avoid it by jumping and staying in anger or staying in avoidance behaviors or whatever what what seems to be the common thread always at the end of those stories is that you can't avoid the grief the grief just sits and it waits until there is a pocket where it's available so when you have no energy left to stay angry or you have no things left to do to use those avoidance mechanisms, yeah. the grief will be sitting there. It's whack-a-mole. It's yeah. whack-a-mole. Yes, that's such a great way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Such a great way to explain it. Because my friend, again, who's had more loss, again, kind of explained it like that. Like the grief sits there until they're not busy. When mm-hmm. they're not busy, then like the whack-a-mole just pops up. Yeah. Right? That's such yeah. a great example. And it will level you in ways that it needn't like, that's the other part. Like that's one of the other reasons that I, that I feel so passionate about this is like, just deal with it now. It's awful. Mm-hmm. And it will be less awful in the years to come. Uh, and less awful. That's probably not true, but you know what I mean? Um, but if you try to squish it down and play whack-a-mole with it, boy, that's a hard way to live, mm-hmm. you know? And if you just deal with it in the moment, get all of it off of you in the moment, like really participate with your grief. Um, uh, it's a healthier version of whack-a-mole. Well, I mean, it's still a game of whack-a-mole because you're still going to be in the grocery store one day walking down the Cheeto aisle and get fully triggered by the Cheeto bag, but mm-hmm. you loved one loving the Cheetos, but it's going to be less. You might be able to smile and just go, oh, damn, that addiction to Cheetos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was right. You know, um, as opposed to like having a full on leveling show in the aisle eight in the Cheeto aisle, you know, which will happen if you don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. So it's a difference of walking by and saying, yeah, you know, having a little sweet giggle and a tear maybe versus being leveled in the Cheeto aisle. 
five years later and not understanding the why. Yeah. So when you're dealing with um, people who are going through these processes, Mm -hmm. um, are you also able to facilitate them like not just in person, but like online through Zoom? And most of what I do is on the phone. Okay. I, I just say to people, how do you want to, you know, it's, it's usually through a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. And it's like usually on the phone mm-hmm. and I, or text, like where, like, you know, sometimes I still get texts from people and they're like, wow, this is a terribly horrible day. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got 15 minutes. Do you, do you want to call? Mm-hmm. Let me just chat, chat it off, chat it through, moving on, mm-hmm. you know? And again, back to like, I'm not doing anything amazing out here. Literally supporting people through when they're on their knees is validation. You're not crazy and ask for what you need and having the courage to speak up, like Mm -hmm. owning what you need, having the courage to speak up on repeat. Mm -hmm. You're not crazy. It is this bad. Yes. It's that barfy. Yep. And you're going to make it through because grief and loss never actually stopped our heart from beating. So it's not going to kill you. And unfortunately for some people will say, I've said, I wish it would, it would make it Mm -hmm. go away. But it's just literally that, like, you're not crazy. It's this bad. What do you need? Have the courage to go ask for it. Mm -hmm. And you can also facilitate people with what options are out there too, right? Like for people that are like, I don't even know what I need. Like, what, what do I do? What can I do? You, you have all of that. Yeah. That's a large part of the initial dialogue is just like learning their story. Are you working full time? Do you have kids? Do you have pets? Like tell me the whole story of what your life like is. And then through their, through their, um, sharings and they're vomiting out all of the, the, what they would consider crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm quickly able to deduce, okay, what's a priority here? Like what's happening? Okay. And again, I come back to slow it down. Mm -hmm. Like nothing needs to happen today except taking care of yourself and getting your people in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one friend and she's like, I don't know when to tell people to come. I'm like, right now you tell people to come right now. Everyone's asking you, when should I come? When's a good time? No one wants to step on anybody's toes. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody's so awkward around the topic. And I'm like, now today, get them on the plane now, you know? Um, so slow it down now and then we just kind of filter through okay and what's the next now thing what's the next priority and really honestly for the first week or so nothing is a priority except being with your people and sharing stories and crying and laughing Mm -hmm. and and having people bring you food so that you continue to eat and drink and stay hydrated like there's nothing more paramount than that and sleep Mm -hmm. if you can manage it but Mm -hmm. um yeah, we're 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 in a fast-paced society and we want to do this thing fast and it's we just need the opposite. We really just need the opposite and we need to be validated that we're not crazy, that it is this bad and it is this hard and um and then the courage to ask for what you need. Just mm-hmm. paramount. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So, um and also just to be really clear, you can help people Prior to a death, obviously, if the death is known, right? Mm-hmm. You can start the process with them as they're approaching that end stage. Yeah. Um, but you can also help people in that crisis situation when it is a sudden death. I and usually so. get the crisis calls. Do you? Yeah. Because <laughs> people yeah. don't want to lean in. They're just like, yeah. well, I'm sure he'll get better. You know, like I really yeah. just am I'm always on crises. <laughs> crazy skulls I don't mind it's I like I'm you know I, I that's but that's usually what comes and so when people say well what's a death doula what do you do I'm like well if life is a to z 
it's everything and anything in between that. So if we know you're terminal or you have this thing, then we can work together for the duration of the A to Z storyline. Mm-hmm. If we're so blessed and so willing and boy, that's a beautiful storyline if we get that. But usually I, I get the call at like X, Y, or Z. <laughs> and then I'm left at the Z plus. So like I'm usually working in the after the Z zone, yeah. um, which is cute because it kind of sounds like dead zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm usually on crisis mode with people and uh, it's unfortunate. And I hope that will change. I hope that people will um, start, you know, looking at their situations and just thinking like, hey, why don't we just be a little proactive rather than reactive in these storylines? But, you know, in all honesty, Jeanette, we're human and we're wired for hope and life. And I, I would be the same probably, you know, um, so if we're wired for hope in life, then I can't really, you know, most of my work will probably always live in X, Y, and Z and Z plus, you know, the mm-hmm. Z. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And every little bit helps. Like I, that's the other thing, like what I've really realized is, you know, I, I have maybe accidentally said one thing to somebody and it was their everything. It was a hundred percent of what they needed to hear. And to me, it was just like one little nugget or word or validation or something. So, um, like if we went with the A to Z storyline, like sure, it'd be great if we had all that, but even just like a fraction of a Z can sometimes be the most amazing healing aspect of someone's journey. And mm-hmm. I don't even know it, but I've said something or s- supported them in some way. And so I always think, you know what, even if we're just out there helping people 1%, 1% better than we've done it in the past, sometimes that's everything. Mm-hmm. You know? So oftentimes I'm just like, if if 1%, if I can just do 1% with somebody, then they do 1% with somebody. And and like your friend teaching you how to grieve 1% mm-hmm. better than you would have known how to do yesterday. Great. Then you're going to go do it and your friends are going to watch you and on and on and on it goes and mm-hmm. better for it. So yeah. if it's just 1%, it's like 100% in my eyes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Amazing. This has been such a wealth of information to get those conversations going. And I mean, maybe even for some people it can be like, hey, Let's listen to this podcast episode. It's yeah. about death and grief and whatnot, and then see what the conversations do after, right? Like, where does the conversation lead? After? Yeah, um, and 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 I know this conversation has been really much about the physicality of the shell of the person dying, but I think it's fair to say the pandemic brought us in the understanding and the awareness. Thank goodness, one of the gifts of it is that. There, there's just a lot of loss. We're just swimming in a sea of loss right now. And trans like transitions are loss, right? Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, we were born and we 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 are born into loss, right? So same that doesn't change, you know. So whether somebody's watching this podcast and they're not actually in a moment of like physical death, but they're going through a divorce or they're going through just a breakup or they're going through a pet loss, just a pet loss, or mm-hmm. they lost their job, or um, they, you know, like, I mean, we're just swimming in a sea of loss right now. The same things apply. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not crazy for how you feel. What do you need? Have the courage to ask for it, right? Mm-hmm. And so this, this, this topic is not just about a physical death. It is really, um, really just all around us every day anyways pre-pandemic or post-pandemic it doesn't matter it was always there anyway we just have a front row seat to this topic now in a way that we never did thank you 
Um, I think it's such a gift that that there's just so many more people talking about grief and loss since the pandemic. And so this this whole conversation, um, it everything applies. Everything still applies, you mm-hmm. know? If you can't go to work because your dog died, have the courage to ask for what you need a week off or whatever. If you, you know, you're going through a divorce and you you mentally don't have the capacity to be at work and do a even a bad job at work, ask for what you need. Ask mm-hmm. for what you need. Ask your friends for what you need. I'm not eating. I'm not cooking. I crave nothing. Could you bring me over a salad? You know, just like it's it's a lot and we don't have to do it alone. And so any loss. It, this is a valuable conversation for to me, if you ask me. Any transition, any loss, loss lives in transitions, empty nesters, you know, like mm-hmm. on and on and on it goes, right? Yeah, that's a very powerful point. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Shannon, I mean, obviously people can find you at avalonspirit.com, but yeah. where else can they find you to explore more of your? doula work even your astrology of course check out that podcast i'll post yeah. it to you <laughs> it'll be connected to the video um <laughs> but yeah where what's your website what's your my website is my name shannon takeas dot com. um it's not refreshed with content but i'm crunching it out yeah. um, you can go there and you can just you can just um send me an email and we can just chat you don't have to book anything in that moment you can just send me an email and say hey like this is going on that's oftentimes the way it works like i don't i don't usually get people booking an appointment for like death doula support it's usually mm-hmm. like i said in crisis moment and my phone number is usually the one thing that they have and so yeah on my website or through your yeah. website and even if it's just an email to say i can't you know, like uh, Thursday at two, I'll be ready for some grief support. No, it yeah, right. <laughs> you just send out a distress email and say, "Help, I'm in it. I'm on my knees, and I'll get back to you." I'm on my emails all the time. It's yeah, it's the best way. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. That's that's yeah. such a beautiful offering for people, and I just I love this conversation. And although it can be heavy and you know, vulnerable and all of that. It's so worthwhile. It's so oh. worthwhile. It's everything. Like yeah. if, if um, you know, we were saying just before we started, like if life lived on like the accident, like a teeter-totter, right? Like love and loss. They're like, you can't have one without the other. And again, not just talking about physical loss, but loss of a dream even, mm-hmm. you know, loss of a hope, loss of a future, you know, loss. Like, so, I mean, yeah. It's just all in there. It's all in there. Yeah. All right. Well, and I just want to say one thing too, because I I never want money to be a barrier. So if you are going onto your website, like somebody's out there listening to this podcast and you see a fee there, at least like from my perspective, obviously, maybe not you, I'm not speaking for your business. (laughs) Go to my website, send me a distress email and just say, help, I'm on my knees and never let money be the barrier because that's just... That's just team humanity. I mean, my goodness, we have to help one another. And um, yeah, like never let money be a barrier to getting support for grief and loss ever in my books, on my website. (laughs) Yes, no, that's fair. I hear you. I hear you. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, That's beautiful. Okay. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for your time, your expertise, your kind heart, and your vast amount of knowledge for everyone. And just, I'm so grateful for everything you shared today. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me and talking about this topic because my goodness, it just does not get enough airplay. So thank you Mm -hmm. so much for even bringing me on to talk about this thing instead of astrology. Yeah, I know. Right. 
Um, so for everyone listening, I will post, I will have Shannon's website and details in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening on the podcast. So it'll be there available for you. And I want to thank you all for joining. As always, I appreciate you deeply. This podcast would not be happening if it weren't for your ears and your eyes and your hearts. So thank you so much for that. And I will see you all next week. Thanks, Jeanette.